This is exactly right. If you're a fan of meticulously crafted worlds that reimagine every little detail, then you'll enjoy the podcast Imaginary Worlds. Host Eric Malinsky spent over a decade working in public radio and uses those skills to create a sound-rich podcast that features interviews with Andy Weir, who wrote The Martian, the writers of hit TV shows like Star Trek Strange New Worlds, designers of games like Magic the Gathering, and the puppeteer who designed Miss Piggy. You can find Imaginary Worlds wherever you're listening to this podcast. Welcome to a bonus episode of I Saw What You Did. My name is Millie DeCherico. I'm Danielle Henderson. Can I say something real quick right now? No. Um, <laughs> <I'm> sure <laughs> what if I said no and we were like, oh, we're recording a podcast. Don't speak. <laughs> They're like, okay, bye. <laughs> yes, of course. Of course. Of course. So uh, the, the, I've had this joke with uh, April who some people know, my best friend from high school. I used to do a podcast with her called Sort of Details. We had this friend who used to get a dozen donuts, like on the regs. He was like a guy that just like loved donuts so much, and he would always get dozens of donuts. And um, he, you know, Baker's Dozen is 13. Yep. And he would call the 13th donut the Bonut. And every ah. time we say bonus episode, I keep wanting to say bonut because then I just started using the term bonut to mean bonus anything. Like, oh, he won a. Uh, he, I'm watching a TV show where a guy's winning money and he got a bonut of three thousand dollars for answering the question. Right? Like, so now I just say bonut all the time. And every time we do a bonus, you have to pause. And I have to stop myself from saying bonut. <laughs> well, I do. I do like the idea of a bonut. Um, yes. because the, the bakers and look, I've worked in a ton of bakeries and I've worked in a bunch of restaurants. I have never asked or researched or looked up myself why a baker's dozen is 13 instead of 12. Yeah. So giving it a name like a bonut sounds fine to me. Yeah. I never looked that up either. No, That's it's crazy. like they're playing it flat, fast and loose already. So call that extra one, whatever you want. How how far back do you think a baker's dozen goes? Do you think it's like the 1400s? I'm sure it's something ridiculous like that. Yeah. Like, we just learned math. Is it 13? <laughs> bakers don't know how to count. So we'll just say 13. And it, it sounds like some like they're appeasing children. Like, we'll just yes. let them think that they're really flying. It's fine. <laughs> we'll just let them think that a dozen is actually 13. It's okay. Jesus's baker <laughs> made 13 loaves. And he's like, I'm counting in Roman numerals here, so give me a fucking break if I put an extra slash. And now it's 13 forever. I fucked <laughs> like, up. I fucked up. I'm sorry, Jesus. I wish that we wrote sketch shows, because I would I would write that sketch. Like, where did the <laughs> fucking Baker's Dozen come from? You should write a sketch show. I should never write a sketch show. <laughs> I can't I can't imagine it would be like the most unpopular television program in history. Literally, nobody would get it. But me, because that's the thing I don't understand about. This is why I'm not a comedy person. This is why I'm not a writer for TV is that I have a mental block of like, oh, other people will are supposed to enjoy this. But me, (laughs) I I feel you. But I also think that. I tend to write in a way that's like, I'm not writing for the masses. I just hope the masses get it 
or that, you know, enough people get it. I think it's impossible to try to appease everybody. Yeah. I think it's yeah. good to write to like just what you know, and what you think is funny and what you think is is good. I mean, TV shows get made, so people must know how to do that a lot. Yeah. And there, there are some esoteric, weird things that have been on TV and in movies that I feel like I've connected with. And Absolutely. maybe that person didn't fucking really like, no one's going to get this. So, Speaking of which, are you watching Severance? No, is that that Apple TV show? Oh my, yes, it is. And holy shit. You gotta, you gotta watch it. That is Adam Scott? Is that it's who's Adam on that Scott, show? Adam Scott, and it is it's Adam Scott, John Turturro, Christopher Walken. Wow. Zach Cherry is in it, Patricia Arquette. Damn. It is such a great cast, but it is exactly what we're just talking about, where it's one of those shows that you think, I don't know if anyone's gonna get this, but it is so much fun to watch and try to figure it out. And I love TV shows like that, that are like little puzzles. Is it a crime? Is it a comedy? No. It's very funny in many parts, but okay. it's pretty serious. Um, mm. It's kind of like a, a dramedy, if you will. Um, but the whole point of the show, like the whole tone of the show, is that these workers, these people, have decided to let this company sever their brains between their work life and their personal life. So when they're working... They don't remember anything about their personal life. And when they're home, they don't remember anything about work. And so the central mystery of the show is, why are they doing that? What does this company do? And what the hell is going on? Like, what is going on as they start to decide and figure out, like, we're severed? Sam. It's cool as hell. It, I, I personally think you would love the show. Okay. I fucking love those people you mentioned. Yeah, and the whole first season is up. So you don't even have to wait like I did week to week. You can just watch the whole first season. It got renewed for a second season. And it is edge of your seat, like screaming at your TV kind of show. Okay. I'll have to remove... I'll have to sever whatever it is that makes me not want to watch Apple TV. I know, Look, I've, I've had that feeling myself because I'm like... Ugh, another one like i just can't do another a la carte fucking program like i just can't do it but then and also to be fair i think for a while apple tv was really ramping up they didn't have a lot going on that i was interested in paying for but i decided to go for it and i wanted to watch coda and i wanted to watch um severance and we crashed so once all those things came out i was like all right i'll try it and now i'm fucking hooked and they have my money forever yeah i think it started with the whole well yeah i already have the device do i really need your fucking shit too i need your channel mm -hmm. and pay extra okay then it became the ted lasso channel oh yeah i mean we we and we know we're not paying for that we're not in for ted lasso i look i admit i was fucking so bratty about not watching that show. Like, I was like, I ain't watching it because you like it so much, motherfuckers. The end. I don't care if it's fucking brilliant and makes you cry, and I don't care if they say my name in it every episode. <laughs> I don't care if it's like the Millie DeCherico Award goes to this soccer guy. I don't, I'm not watching it because y'all love it so much. <laughs> I had a little bit of that. And then I also, I just had like a real 
every winter I just turn more and more to misandry. And so I was just like, I can't handle a show that's just so many men. Like, not at this point in my life. And so that's what turned me off instantly. And like you said, I don't care if they're men who are, like, performing illegal abortions or, like, I don't even know what the show is about. Like, they're kicking soccer balls through the fucking moon. I don't know. But I was just like, it's just too many men. <laughs> like, and, and, like, and when it comes down to it, if you're going to watch a show about too many men, you can watch Justified or something or Deadwood you. or something. Like, even though there are women on that show, but it's just that thing. It's like, if I'm going to watch a guy's show, I think I want it to be darker and yeah. fucked up and not like it seems to be so positive and happy and, and buoyant and and I don't know if that had something to do with it I'm like I'm a fucking hater I'm a hater I know <laughs> I'm sorry like I said I was bratty this is this is the crux of it this is the yeah. crux of it and I think you just hit the nail on the head everyone who talks about it talked about it as if it was like this life-affirming positive show and I'm like I am not there in my heart I don't want to be affirmed I don't want to be positive this world is bullshit and I just want to sit with that for a minute and simmer in it. I don't want to act it out on people, but I don't need it in my, in my te- I need television that matches my mood. And as you know, from my recent Six Feet Under rewatch, my mood is dark as fuck. <laughs> so like, I can't handle a show that comes pre-packaged as the happiest thing you're ever going to see. It's also the reason I've never been to a Disney world or land. Like, I don't need to go to the fucking happiest place on earth. And I'm about to make a real sweepy generalization here I, I am i am wandering into some dark territory but is there a correlation between people who fucking loved ted lasso and people who love lcd sound system wow say more because i don't know anything about lcd sound system <laughs> <laughs> well then let's just keep that dangling that's I all have, i have let that part of pop culture just wait wash right over me i was like oh some people really like this band there was like some concert they reunited for madison square garden people were losing their fucking shit and i was like i'm just gonna go to work i'm not even paying attention to that article that's what i'm talking about (laughs) it's like the people in my life that that intersected like the ted lasso stands (laughs) And the people who were stoked about LCD sound system getting back together, that crossed. And I was oh like, God. damn, is there is there some kind of thing here that I don't know about? Anyway, I think there is. Feel free to shut me up at any moment. No, I'm keep being going. A hater. No, I love digging more and more into what makes us haters. And I'm into it. <laughs> and I think that, and, and again, LCD sound system, they could have a song called Danielle Henderson is the most beautiful woman in the world. And I would <laughs> never find out. Not for any particular reason. This is the other thing that people don't understand there are very often no reasons for my decisions to not engage with something it is more that i'm making a decision to engage with something there's a lot of shit i just ignore and i just do not want any part of across the spectrum of entertainment and sports and movies and there's a bunch of shit what i like to pay attention to is why am i choosing to engage with this other thing look this i feel like being a contrarian about very weird specific things is like an art form at this point because simply because we're in this culture where like if you state any opinion somebody's going to try to convince you out of that opinion okay mm-hmm. so isn't it fun to have your weird contrarian thoughts and and really intensely dislike some random fucking thing and have somebody just blow their fucking top about it and you're just like i'm sorry i don't know i just don't 
I just don't like that. And you can't literally cannot convince me otherwise. And I'll, I'll tell you, okay, okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'll watch it and then never do. So I just love well, that. If not for this <laughs> podcast, I would also never tell anyone what I don't like. Yeah. Like if someone is, is around me and being like, I, I love Ted Lasso, I'd be like, great. I have nothing to contribute to this conversation. But I'd let them talk. Be like, great. Yeah. I, haven't, I haven't seen it and I'm not going to watch it. Keep talking. <laughs> I know. And to be quite honest, too, like I feel like it's also a generational thing because mm. I feel like for people our age, I was like, I fucking, I never liked shit that people liked. And I got real yes. used to that. I got real used to that. So do I give a fuck that you like or not like something? I'm not convincing you. I don't have that fucking energy to be like, but come on, this thing is a fucking genius show. Let's say, no, bitch, I just you do you i'll do me like it doesn't matter you don't have to watch the shit that i like and i'm not gonna try to convince you of that who has the time i love it i know i think that it's also this is where i where i i my gen x contrarianness contrarianness really comes to the forefront is also and i've noticed this a lot recently because it has happened a lot recently i don't like american remakes of british shows that i love yeah. Oh, shit. Instantly not watching it. They recently, and I will not name the show, I think we have friends that have been on it and that will uh, be on it, uh-huh. but they have recently decided to take one of my favorite long-running British game show type shows and Americanize it. And I get I got so mad when I saw the announcement that I, I'm like, I hope this falters immediately. <laughs> Ew. It never, it never works. It never yeah. works. I want people to stop trying and I want them to just start showing British TV shows in America. Just yes. start it there. Stop making me pay for fucking BritBox so I can yeah. watch the shows I want to watch. Don't remake that. You cannot replicate the comedy gold. I will say this. Taskmaster is a fucking phenomenon the world over. They tried to make an American version. They canceled it after one episode. We yeah. do not know what we're doing. So yeah. I hate that they keep trying to do it. Because it just, it's just my, again, my Gen X knee-jerk reaction is, this is going to be bad. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Original recipe only. By the way, I did tell our friend who might be on that show you really hate that you were pissed and she laughed. She's got no... <laughs> She ain't mad about it. She's like, yo, it's my, it's work. I get, I'm yeah. getting paid. It doesn't matter. Do you, th-, you know, like, and look, it was funny. I'm glad, I'm glad for yeah. our friends to get paid, but there's at least two people, three, three people in my life who are going to be on that show. Yeah. And I've said nothing about it. I'm like, great. Take that money. Get that paycheck. Knock yourself yeah. out. But I oh, ain't yeah. watching. Sure. <laughs> it, like, you can't beat British TV because it's like, to like, there's so many things about it that rule. First of all, they know when to get out. That's the yes. best part about it is that they get in and they get out. They're like, we're doing maybe two seasons, maybe three of this show. Thank we're not going to go. I was, God, sidebar, but like today I looked at this article where Lala from Vanderpump Rules is like, I don't know. Are we going to come back for a 10th season? Is Stassi coming back for a 10th season? I'm like, bitch, that show has been on for 10 years. Sit down. How? 
now. <laughs> you have a child. You have a child. Refocus. Reshift that focus away from, am I going to keep my 20-year-old bullshit going or am I going to just be a different person now? <laughs> Yes, but that's the thing about American TV. It's like, we have to have 10 seasons of Vanderpump Rules, but like British TV is like, yo, we're going to make two seasons of Fleabag and y'all fucking loved it (laughs) and you you were fucking watching it 25 times over and over again. We are not doing it again. Sorry about it. Like, we're going to leave you with that sexy priest and that's all (laughs) you get. (laughs) I am astonished. I applaud that shit. I I love it. I love it. It's it's the crux of their whole personality is like they know when to get out and they don't overstay their welcome. And it also changes the type of humor they have and that they're they're more bold. Look, I could talk about British TV all day long. I will say that because I have to fucking pay for BritBox, I noticed that there is a new season of Shetland, which blows my mind because Shetland has this is the sixth season, which never happens. Like you said, it usually it goes like one or two. Yeah. Shetland is if you want a show where there's a central crime, there's a hot broody detective and just beautiful landscapes. Shetland is your fucking jam. And I'm yeah. like, bring it on. I, I will watch Shetland for 900 seasons. There's like 30 seasons of Midsummer Murders. I'm here for that because it's a yeah. formulaic show. You got to fill the time somewhere. But they don't take good shit and run it into the ground. <laughs> I know. Listen, I, I have BritBox. I pay for BritBox because of Gardner's World, which has been yeah. on for like 50 years. So whatever. Montanon has 55 seasons. I fucking Gardner's love him. World. I love Adam. I love all all the other people. The who's the pretty uh, brown haired girl? She's so yeah. sweet. The be- it's the best. You got your staples. They've got the staples. Yeah. And then they get the fuck out with the other stuff. And I like that. They make room for newness by constantly ending shit instead yeah. of us, where we're like, we'll take a little bit of that and a little bit of that, and then we'll make some of that. And I'm like, oh god. Yeah. And they let people wear their regular ass clothes and have regular ass teeth. People show yes. up on Gardner's World with like wrinkled tops. It's awesome. I'm like, no one ironed this shit. There's not, there's not, you know, somebody on set, like on an HGTV show, like, you know, no. glamming somebody up. They're like, I'm fucking coming here with my goddamn blundstones caked in mud and I don't give a shit. What do you think? And, and, and my hips, like my, I will have hips. Yeah. I will be a human being who has a full size body, like a full size body, like, and you will see it and it'll be fine. Yeah. You'll see my, my, my VVs, my varicose veins. My VVs. <laughs> my VVs. Oh, my VVs ache. <laughs> but yeah, I just, I, I, I fully am with you on the contrarianness. And I think that for me, it's very much about specific, specific things. It's generational. It's ingrained. And if I miss out on a lot of shit because of it, that's totally fine. There's not enough time in the world to watch everything anyway. Yes. Um, so usually I just don't talk about it. I'm just like, here's what I am watching. I will not tell you about the 700 things I'm not watching. Yeah. I Listen, if you're going to be a contrarian in this day and age, I, you got to be curatorial with it. You got to th- like, you can't just be like a across the board contrarian, like a stupid boomer or something like right. I hate all new music. I hate all new things. Yes. Uh, that's annoying as shit. But also, like, it's okay to not like this fucking shit that everybody else likes. But, you know, just be yes. interesting about it. Keep yeah. us guessing. Keep us tap dancing. I appreciate that. 
I I will listen to Olivia Rodrigo, but I will tell you that every single time I'm searching for something in Instagram and a picture of the same person comes up and I'm like, I don't know who that is. Every single time it's Dua Lipa. Every fucking time. <laughs> and I'm I like, like I'll Dua just, Lipa. Throw that yeah. out there. I just, I'll, I'll just never get into it. I don't know anything. I don't even know what they look like. <laughs> yeah. Like every time I click on it, I'm shocked. I'm like, oh, Dua Lipa again? Okay, cool. Yeah. Not going to listen to a song. Not going to get into it. But it's not yeah. like across the board. I hate all new shit. Like I will listen to some new shit. I listen to Casey Musgraves. It's fine. It's yeah. fine. I'm not going to convince you to listen to Dua Lipa, even though I think she's got great tunes. I think she's a hot, leggy brunette. And that's it. Like, let's yeah. like what we like and hate what we hate. Speak, speaking of which, <laughs> let's get into our mailbag because we like all of these. We do. These are fucking great. Lengthy we like what we like and what letters. we like is you guys. Yes. We like y'all. All right. So the subject of this email is skin book episode answer. Mm. Hiya, queens. I'm a new listener who is starting off my journey with y'all by bopping around two different episodes where I know both the movies well. Good plan. So I just listened to the first part of the skin book episode and had to stop it to answer a question that you posited. Please forgive me if you answer it yourself later in the episode. I just got too excited and had to jump on to find your email. Look, we've been there. Writer, we've been there. Writer continues. You asked if freelance insurance investigator existed for real and whether it was something featured in another movie. Well, I don't know if it's real, but it definitely is in another movie. That would be the job of Rene Russo in The Thomas Crown Affair. It came out around the same time, so it might be a conspiracy of Hollywood writers in the 90s, but it's definitely her job in that film. That movie is sadly forgotten. I'd love to request a theme that encompasses it. How about heist movie remakes? You can do that one and the updated Italian job with Marky Mark. You cannot convince me his game is anything else. Thank you very much. And Edward Norton, for he apparently evaporated. <laughs> anyway, I'm totally hooked now. As someone who worked at Blockbuster for five years and indie film houses for three, then worked in the film industry for several years, this is so my cup of tea. Thank you for doing you. Someday I'll catch up. But for now, I'm jumping back into the mouth of madness. Cheers, Kate. And Kate uses she, her pronouns and says, P.S. Don't you dare stifle that laugh. Yeah. You hear that? Look, I hear y'all. I'm never going to stop laughing. That's an impossibility because Millie is hilarious. <laughs> oh, shit. I'm just going to be self-conscious about it every time. Don't worry about it. But I love this email from Kate. Yeah, good lord. I do too. There's a, a lot. First of all, I always remember the Thomas Crown Affair remake because I have to program the original Thomas Crown Affair a lot and where mm -hmm. I work. So I'm like, oh, remember when they remade that? Uh, in fact, I programmed the original today. So Ooh. I thought about it. But you know what I didn't remember at all is that Rene Russo is apparently a freelance insurance investigator. Totally forgot that. <laughs> I totally slipped my mind. I've seen that movie a couple of times completely yeah. forgot it so I'm, I'm glad to, to be that kate is making sure that we're aware that it's of its existence and also that it could be a hollywood writer's conspiracy in the 90s <laughs> though i'm pretty sure we've gotten another email that said it was a real job 
for like a freelance insurance. And that's insurance investigator is a real job. It's the freelance portion that we were wondering about. And I'm pretty sure we had an email a couple bonus episodes ago that said it was a real job. Because I feel like Fred McMurray has that job in um, my three sons. Adam's family. The other one. Yeah, Fred McMurray in Double Indemnity. He's an insurance investigator, but he's not freelance. He works for a company. Exactly. Freelance is the key. And I think um, some people followed the rules and some people didn't. Uh, but Kate did. So but Kate did. And and I appreciate the um, the request for a theme to encompass the Thomas Crown, the Crown Affair remake. We might have to have to take you up on that. I am going to put my foot down on Marky Mark, however, and the Italian job movies, because Marky Mark makes way too many movies with Mel Gibson. And I never want to talk about that motherfucker again. Uh, I just saw the preview for the new one. Yeah. What is it like? Father Ted or whatever. Father Stu. Father Stu. So I'm like, this motherfucker just keeps going back to this well and he knows he's wrong. He, There's no way that you can live in this society and not know that Mel Gibson is a certified piece of shit. I know. I And I'm just like, wow, they still bringing him out. They're still bringing him out, I guess. So we can't, Mark, we can't Marcus kill that Mar- dragon. As much, no matter how hard we try. Marcus Markthony is banned for for me personally. Well, yeah, I was and wait, is Statham an Italian job? Am I in the remake? I think so. Okay. I think so. Yikes. So I I love Statham, but uh, yeah. do I want to watch this shit? All right. We'll have to work we need to workshop this theme, but I we we'll appreciate the theme idea. I know Danielle mentioned once that she gets exhausted by heist movies. um, And I totally understand that. But there's a couple. There's a couple old ones. I don't know about the remakes. I mean, Ocean's Eleven, maybe. That would be fun. I love Um, the Ocean Eleven movies. You know what exhausts me about heist movies? And this it's a very specific type of heist movie. It's the Tinker Tailor Soldier Spy heist movie. It took me, and I'm not kidding, Four years to watch the Tinker Tailor Soldier Spy remake. I fell asleep in the theater the first time I tried to watch it. I fell asleep (laughs) at home the next three times I tried to watch it. Then I popped it on in the morning and had to watch it in pieces because I could not understand what the fuck was going on. And it was like so infuriating that I passed out, I think is what was going on. So it's that kind of heist movie where nothing makes sense until the last five minutes. I'm like, what am I watching? What am I doing this for? Yeah, no. And there there are some ones that get real convoluted and it does annoy the shit out of me, too, because I'm just like, this is getting too complicated. But, you know, for every one of those, then you watch like a Rafifi or set it off where you're like, oh, I totally get this. And this is wonderful and joyous. And. I love heist movies, but you know, yeah, the the ones that are confusing are exhausting. And I'm just like, why did I do this to myself? <laughs> and keeping track of all the names. It's why it took me a long time to get into Game of Thrones. Cause I'm like, who, huh? What? This guy's name is Pork Pie. What? Like I could not figure out anyone's name enough to keep track of the conversations. I'm like, who are they talking about? The big guy, the little guy, <laughs> like, who are they talking about? <laughs> That's another show I never saw that everybody saw. Oh, it, it's, I mean, that one is worth the hype, I think. I think it's a great mm-hmm. show, but you have to want to, you have to want it. Like anything yeah. else in life, you gotta want it. You gotta want it. And there was one weekend where I was just exhausted and I was like, I'm ready to watch something 
that I can just zone out to on this couch and watch. And I got finally got into Game of Thrones because the only way I could get into it was by pounding the whole first season back to back so I could keep track of the fucking storyline. Mm. I I might watch Stalker <laughs> by Andre Tartofsky before I watch Game of Thrones. I don't know. Just throw that out there. That was that was for Casey. All right, so this next email really spoke to me. <laughs> Obviously. <laughs> The, the title of this email is called The Time I Saved Chev Chelios. <laughs> I'm in. I'm already in. Love the name, Chev Chelios. I think about it every day. I am um, Chev Chelios calling. <laughs> um, your car is on fire. We tried to change the tires and we just lit your car on fire. <laughs> Chev Chelios. <laughs> Bye, it's Chev Chelios. <laughs> Mr. Dr. Chichelios Esquire. <laughs> I don't know why I said that in a Cary Grant voice. Because it makes Chev Chelios sound that much more ridiculous. <laughs> Chev Chelios. Okay. The time I saved Chev Chelios goes something like this. Hello, fabulous film femmes. After today's episode, I had a recovered memory. It's May of 2007. I'm student teaching for a first grade classroom. I have just arrived at school, put my things away. The bell rings and the class stands to say the Pledge of Allegiance. Mid-pledge, the janitor bursts through the classroom door. Miss Anderson, your car is on fire in the parking lot. I finished saying the pledge. Why? Shock, I guess. I ran out <laughs> to my car. My insurance card was in the glove box. I climbed into my burning car long enough to grab it and get back out. I stood on the sidewalk watching it burn, waiting on the fire truck to arrive. Then I remember there's a DVD copy of Crank under the passenger seat that I was meaning to return to Blockbuster after work. I can't believe that Blockbuster has been mentioned in both of these emails so far. Yeah. Interesting. There's no way I'm losing a hundred plus dollars over Chev Chelios's burnt crispy frame. I allowed the spirit of Chev to consume me as I dove back into my burning car. I stood nearby clutching an insurance card and the most amped up DVD of all time as the fire crew extinguished the blaze. My charred car made the evening papers. Anyway, just wanted to let you know that there was a time Chev Chelios nearly burned to death, but I rescued him. Thank you for the laughs. Tell Carrot hi from me, Haley. Haley, I have so many questions. Number one, how did your car ignite into flames? You never tell us in this email. Why is your car on fire? <sighs> you, you are, you're going to have to tell us that because that is like one of my worst fears. <laughs> really? <laughs> yes. Is that my car's gonna catch on fire like when I'm in it or something? What? What? Listen, I used to smoke I used to be a smoker. Everybody knows this. I used to be a cigarette smoker. That was like a constant fear. Is that I was like my car would be on fire because I like ash the cigarette, <laughs> not out the window, but like on the floorboard. So I was always afraid that the car was gonna be on fire. And then I just had that constant fear even after I quit smoking. Oh my god! I, I'm not. Is it scary though to have your car on fire? What if it explodes? It is scary. I mean, it's scary. It's definitely scary. It's just not something I think about all the time. 
I guess is why I'm, why I'm laughing because I'm like, yes, it's terrifying. A terrifying thought that I have possibly once a year, <laughs> like maybe once every four years. <laughs> so I just love that you're like, no, this is a persistent fear that I have yes. had in my life. <laughs> well, oh, I yes. want to know. I want to know how did the car get on fire because of the mention of blockbuster. I'm kind of placing this at a certain time of life. And what really hits me about this email is in that time that I think Haley is referring to here, losing your insurance card for any reason would have been the biggest pain in the ass. Like now you have the electronic insurance card and some, you know, some insurance companies have an app that you could just pull up your insurance card that way. Back in the day, if you lost your insurance card, they're like, oh, well, then you just don't have insurance anymore. You're like, wait, what? Yeah. <laughs> like, oh, yeah. can I get a replacement? They're like, mm, maybe. I don't know. Yeah. I uh, There's so many questions here. In fact, <laughs> Haley mentions that the story made the evening papers. What yeah. if I went down to the library and got on the microfiche machine, had had a big microfiche session, like in a the sequence in the film, maybe a heist film or something, where somebody's looking up information on microfiche? I'm going to be like, <laughs> crank... Blockbuster, burn car. I need to find was, out more. And was that mentioned in the article, or was it just like this? <laughs> look at this teacher standing watching their car burn, clutching a DVD and an insurance card. <laughs> Local teacher saves crank standard def DVD. Also, what were those kids doing while your car was on fire? Look, Haley, I love this email. I love that you saved crank. That that was your second thought while your car was burning was to save crank. And I feel it. And I understand that. Look, that, that late fee, that replacement fee is no joke. You're a teacher. Oh, yeah. You're not earning a lot of money. No one is come. No one's coming to help you out. If you go into blockbuster and say, this got burnt in a car, they'd be like, um, you're a liar. Give us $150. Oh yeah. <laughs> Damn. Fuck that. I probably would have done the same shit. Haley. No doubt. I would have done the same shit. So. I love it. Oh, what a funny email. And prophetic, because as we know, in Crank High Voltage, Crank 2, <laughs> Chev Chelios does end up on fire. Yes. So I'm also wondering, Haley, are you a sorcerer? <laughs> and can you, if that is the case, we might need to talk about some sorcery. <laughs> some sorcery needs. Uh, oh, boy, this next thank one. Thank you, Haley. This next one, um, it's it's a doozy and it's it's worth it. And it it uh, I'm just going to get into it. The subject of the email is remodeling nightmares. Mm. Millie and Danielle, thank you for your delightful podcast. I have listened since day one and I appreciate all of the movie recommendations and discussion. I have seen many movies I would not otherwise have watched except for Hereditary. I can't handle that shit. Your friendship and laughter have gotten us all through some long and dark times. Danielle, after hearing your laments about male contractors and gurney alternatives, I had to write in and share my own remodeling nightmares. I live in a house that is over 140 years old, so I definitely live out many money pit scenarios on a daily basis. Thankfully, my handy husband can take care of a lot of the problems in our home, but we did hire contractors to remodel our upstairs bathroom. They were a crew of young, cocky men, and apparently they were pretty new to the construction scene because they did not know what the hell they were doing most of the time. My husband had to show them how to do many of the jobs that needed to be done. 
They should have paid us. Anyway, here are my three favorite incidents that happened during this infamous remodel. Number one, while I was not home, the men installed the medicine cabinets. When I went to see them after they were put in, I discovered that they had placed them so high that I could only see myself in the mirror from the forehead up. (laughs) The next day, the guys did not seem to understand why this was an issue. (laughs) Number two, my husband and I were both gone at work and one guy came to paint the walls in the bathroom. He got paint on the bottom of his shoes and proceeded to stomp down my dark green carpeted stairs and through the main floor, leaving a trail of white paint footprints in his wake. When I got home, obviously I was hysterical. My husband called the guy, who again, did not see why this was any big deal. My favorite moment involved our working main floor bathroom. The toilet in the remodeled bathroom was being replaced, so the men were supposed to do their business elsewhere on their own time. One of them must have decided he could not wait, however. I returned home from work, went to the main floor bathroom, and discovered a giant bowl-filling turd in the toilet. As a complete germaphobe, this about knocked me off my feet. Once again, no one seemed to understand why this was a problem. Remodeling is the absolute worst. I hope your house gets finished soon and you never have to do any big projects ever again. But I hate to tell you, you will. Um, My movie recommendation is the 1986 movie Fire with Fire starring Craig Sheffer and Virginia Madsen. This is my Memphis Belle. I've seen it more times than I can count or should even admit. Craig Sheffer is my Christian Slater and D.B. Sweeney combined is it good or was i horny 1000 percent horny without a doubt but i still love the movie even as a bitter middle-aged woman thanks again to both of you and your team for putting so much light and laughter out in the world jolene who jolene this email knocked me out <laughs> and you were just remodeling one room and all of this happened to you i Oh my god, I'm sorry if I laughed at multiple <laughs> points. The idea that you would come into your new bathroom and and try to look into a mirror and you can always see from your forehead up fucking kills me. I truly that is laughed. wild. And truly what really gets me about this email is how Jolene punctuates every every one of these these examples with they did not seem to understand why this is an issue. This is my experience to a fucking T. So as I have said to you guys in one of the recent main feed um, episodes, I'm only going to talk about my home experiences in the bonuses from now on, because I feel like it's long and sprawling and I don't want to take up the time in our main feed to do it. Um, And I just really also need to like concentrate where I'm putting all of my hatred. So I have recently fired my contractor. (laughs) because he made me cry four times, which is three times too many. And I cannot tell you that in the five months that they were working on my house, how many times I had to explain things to them that to me were common sense, but to them just did not, which wasn't a big deal. So my floors are trashed. They didn't put down any ram board, any paper, even though I asked several times, no drop cloths. Like I had to make them put drop cloths down. But the reason I finally let them go is that they installed <laughs> they installed my refrigerator in the cabinet that 
I purchased, like the cabinets are all lined up on the wall, all installed. Half of my refrigerator will not open because they built a wall next to it that comes out too far. And when I try to open my refrigerator, it scrapes all the paint off of my brand new refrigerator. And when I tell you that they're like, well, what's the problem? And I'm like, would you live in a house where you could only use half of an appliance Dude. for the next 30 years? He, they looked at me like I was fucking insane that I wanted them to redo it. And then they said they would. And they wanted to charge me an extraneous amount of money for it, even though this was their mistake. Yeah. I want to bare knuckle box your contractors. We have talked about this so many times. <laughs> they are the and, worst. I mean, I, it seems just sort of like the arrangement in, in and of itself is so problematic because you're basically mm -hmm. like, oh, here are these people who I have this implicit trust in to do this thing that I can't do myself. Yes. They're, they They have some kind of like, you know, secret knowledge that I don't have and that they will always remind me of that. And they will make mm -hmm. it the excuse as to why I don't get what I want that yes. I'm paying for. And I'm just yes. like, that is a fucking fucked concept. It sucks so bad. When I was in London, they installed my kitchen island about two feet too close to the ca the, ca the cabinets, the countertops. Now, again, I know that there are wars raging around the world. I understand that babies are dying. People are spontaneously combusting. Shit's bad all over. This is not a top level problem. However, since I'm paying these people to do this, when I came home and I saw that my island was installed about a foot away from the stove and I had to, they again, made it sound like, well, what's the problem? People love having an island close to the countertops because they can just turn around and cook and chop. And I'm like, yeah, in your house, in my house, I want room. And I had to stand in front of the stove and try to open the oven and it hit the top of my thighs. And I said, do you see how this is a problem where I can only stand to the side of this to open and use my oven? And they, they looked at me like I was insane. And I genuinely had to say to them, I am a big bitch. I need more room than this. Yeah. Like that is the part that's insulting to me is not, eh, we did something. It's not right. We want to, you know, we'll fix it. It's fine. It's the, you're fucking insane. And now we're going to charge you an extraneous amount of money to fix our dumb mistake. Because yeah. we didn't listen to you the first time. Oh, my God. Well, Furious. I, I definitely want to buy a house now. <laughs> Between you well, and Jolene, I'm like, I don't know. Should I just I know. die in this rental? <laughs> Jolene is really laying it on thick here, too, because these are these are common issues that yeah. she's talking about. Same thing with the bathrooms. Yeah, I have one working bathroom. I had one working bathroom in my house and it was the one that I used. And it's COVID. It's COVID times. I'm not letting just anyone come in and like spray their piss all over my fucking bathroom. Yeah. I, I ain't happening like that. So it was kind of understood that like you would go on your lunch break or like, you know, the contractor lived down the road. I'm like, you can go to his house. Like, I don't care. Go do your shit somewhere else. Go, go to Dunkin Donuts. Knock yourself out. Once the laundry room with the half bath was installed, all of a sudden toilet paper started popping up in there. <laughs> oh, shit. And I'm like, I, I haven't put any toilet paper out here for a fucking reason. 
And let's get serious. These guys are using toilet paper because it's a deuce. It's a deuce. It's not a one. It's a deuce. They're not wiping the tip of that dick. They're fucking (laughs) dropping trow in my brand new fucking toilet that I haven't even used yet without even asking me (laughs) and without cleaning up after themselves. And I'm like, the, the fucking arrangement doesn't end just because this is now completed. You still have to go somewhere else to use the bathroom. Like, I'm not in the habit of cleaning up after adult men who take monster shits because they drink fucking Red Bull and coffee all day. Well, listen, I have to I have to say this. I mean, listen, there's not just one bomb in this toilet. There's two on on this email where where Jolene says that. Craig Sheffer is her Christian Slater and DB <laughs> Sweeney combined. That blows my fucking mind to smithereens. And I will tell you why. Because I am a huge fan of the John Hughes film, Some Kind of Wonderful. And Craig Sheffer is the asshole in that movie. And I have never been able to like him that's I, right. I saw a river runs through it. I tried, <sighs> but like he was, he was such an ass in that movie. Amanda Jones's asshole boyfriend that I was mm. like, I can't with Craig Sheffer. So to hear somebody say that she is a, a thousand percent horny for Craig Sheffer is blowing my mind. No disrespect to you, sir. I'm just saying oh your God. role was too real for me. You knocked yourself out of the game early for Millie because you were too good. (laughs) You were too good at playing that dickwad. That asshole 80s hair, like that, like, swoopy hair. Oh, Uh, God. He had that. He he was such a quintessential 80s bad guy. I wouldn't even say villain. He was just like a bad guy that you that could live in your town. He has that very, like, approachable, but yet, like, kind of like he played that smirky dickishness very well. Yeah, he's he was kind of like he was like the other James Spader that was kind yes. of rocking through these movies. And James Spader to me, he always felt like he was like in Duran Duran. He was like so yeah. like he had just kind of this Duran Duran look to him where I was like he's not in high school, he's a 30-year-old guitar player for Duran Duran. Whereas Craig Sheffer is like oh, I was like, "Oh, he could like definitely be an asshole in high school." Like no doubt about that. So, oh, too real, Jolene. This was the best email. I am Truly. so grateful that you got through your remodel. Thank you for reminding me that it's just bad in general. <laughs> and I'm so sorry for all you went through. I love your your weird '80s crush. <laughs> like you're in good company <laughs> there. And this email just made us laugh. And thank you just so much for for writing in. And good luck with the house stuff. We know how hard Ooh. that is. Um, All right, so this is our last email for the app. It's a good one. Um, The title is Reluctant Sports Fan Love and Basketball. Hi, Millie and Danielle. I am such a tremendous fan of you both. I remember exactly where I was when I first heard Karen and Georgia announce your pod on My Favorite Murder. I immediately knew this would be something I would love as I'm a renowned fan of both women and film. But I had no idea how much I would come to look forward to hearing your voices each week. I even recently became a subscriber of your premium feed just to get that delicious bonus content. You've hooked me. Anyway, on to the reason for this email. 
I recently watched Love and Basketball for the first time after hearing you discuss it on the pod. I had known about this film for a long time. You see, growing up, this was one of my best friend's favorite movies. She spent many a hot summer day in her basement trying to convince me to watch this movie, which was only fair considering I made her watch The Hours. <laughs> However, <laughs> I fucking love that. Um, However, I always had refused for one simple reason. I don't care about sports and have historically had zero interest in stories involving or centering on sports. The notable exception to this is, of course, A League of Their Own. Yes, I am gay. Yes, this is me stereotyping myself. Yes, I am cool with it. (laughs) Anyway, I watched the film because I trust your taste implicitly and I truly loved it. My friend was deeply annoyed that I took the step (laughs) on the advice of two strangers, but ultimately pleased that I finally came around. Maybe I will give a few more sports films another chance. So here's my question for you both. Is there a type of film or film subject you have traditionally avoided? Have you ever found an exception that made you rethink your reluctance? Thanks again for making this awesome community of esteemed dirtbags. Cheers, Danny. And Danny goes by he, him, his pronouns. Oh, this email made me laugh so hard from from the minute he said I made her watch the hours. I'm like, I love this. I love (laughs) this friendship. I love (laughs) this friendship so much. Well, let me ask you, Danielle. I mean, is there a film or film subject that you have avoided? Yes, there are two. I'll answer one of each. So, okay. The film type, the type of film that I had avoided for a very long time were was westerns. Yes. I think that for me it felt like too old fashioned, like there was nothing for me to learn there. Sure. It was very like macho white guy stuff. And then I started watching a couple of movies that my I knew my granddad really loved. Yeah. And especially after our episode, I think it was like our second or third episode where we talked about HUD and like yeah. Like these, just these great older movies. I was like, actually, there's a lot of like love and life and complications and like just really good narrative stories here. So I was wrong to avoid them, but I did. I had a bias. I got over it. Um, and I love Westerns. Now there are so many good Westerns. Um, and then the, the, the film that I have, the film itself that I have traditionally avoided, um, Twilight. Twilight and any kind of like teen romance horror mashup i'm just like ah, i can't i'm out yeah i'm out so i've yeah. never watched them and i think that it's it's possible that they'd be good or i'd have fun with them in the right circumstance but at the time that they came out i was just like i i, I can't do it. i can't read these books i can't do it i just it's not for me and that's fine so i kind of tend to avoid that like overly sappy teen like monster mash well, I think I said this on a uh, main feed episode. I, I have watched them for you. So you don't need to watch them. Like, you're fine. Thank you for I, the support. <laughs> yeah. The only way I would suggest watching, going back and watching those movies, maybe in particular, is just you got to be like fucking blasted. Like, just. Are you going to tell me to do cocaine? Because you cannot no. get through an episode without telling someone to do cocaine. <laughs> I was just going <laughs> to tell you to smoke a blunt. That's all I was going to do. I was like, get a king tarantula. and fucking just get the fucking biggest blunt you can find at your local dispensary and 
watch the Twilight movies. Um, and and I also recommend those for the Fifty Shades of Grey movies too. Like, ah, get fucking high as fuck and watch those. And that that's not me being flippant about marijuana. I just really truly feel like those movies are tolerable if you're high. That's it. From per, from personal experience, of course. Well, that's interesting because I I on my list related to that i i typically avoid movies that are made for children Mm, yes and 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 that has changed somewhat because i have nephews like i've seen encanto like 75 times i haven't seen it at all because i don't have any kids but i i famously um hadn't seen a lot of pixar films Mm -hmm. um i still haven't up until I guess like in the past like five to seven years when my nephews were born, but I don't. I never watched the Harry Potter movies. I just for me, I'm like that's for children. Like not mm-hmm. not to be like I'm so an adult, so much an adult, but I'm just that that's for y'all. Like I don't. Yeah. Why am I going and you're standing in line for fucking Twilight or Harry Potter? Or like l- let you have me. your fun. Yeah, I'm cool with that being for y'all. And and maybe that means I have a dark heart, but I just don't watch no. fucking kids movies. It's just not. I don't think so at all, because I felt the same. Like, again, I know that kids movies are often made. They know that adults are taking kids to see the movies. So they try to throw in stuff that's funny for adults. But overall, it's for kids. So I feel like there's not enough of the adult stuff to keep me interested enough to sit through the kids stuff. It's yeah. just not for us. It's fine. I'll put it to you this way. If they made the hours for kids, I'd watch that. Tell me in your head how that even works. No, I, that's what I mean, right? <laughs> because I think to me, I just, I watch such patently adult films that it's sort of so like, yeah, well, you know, if you made atonement for 10 year olds, animated atonement, perhaps. <laughs> oh, no. But then at that point, would it even be for 10 year olds? <laughs> I think it's totally fine to just not want to watch them. It's I, like, like I said, I haven't seen any recent Disney or Pixar release because I do not have children in my life that I watch those with. So I haven't seen them. Yeah, agreed. And, and I will even extend it to, and I've gone on record about this, Mar- the Marvel stuff. I don't watch the Marvel stuff. Uh, I have seen a couple with friends like and it's always been like out of context with all the other movies like i saw endgame oh my and God. black black panther and i was like okay i know what black panther is but i don't know what anybody else is doing so it's like the thing where i'm like but when those movies come out i'm just like okay cool i won't be seeing that like the right. doctor strange i saw the fucking doctor strange multiverse trailer like a thousand times and you know and i'm like i don't, what am i no I'm not going to You're like, oh, is he still spinning his hand and making rings and appropriating Asian culture? I ain't seeing that. <laughs> I was just like, that's the chocolate millionaire to me. I don't know how y'all are trying to make this guy somebody else. So yeah, the, I think that's my thing is that's the stuff I typically avoid. And um, so like kids movies, Marvel. And then I used to have this, um, I used to have this block about m- old musicals. Like the big splashy, like Music Man, yeah, type like Oklahoma, yeah, yeah, like the the Roadshow musicals as they mm-hmm. call them, those big giant affairs. I typically am not really into that kind of stuff. But then over the years, I have 
kind of gravitated. Like I do find like Gene Kelly and like Fred Astaire and Ginger Rogers. Like I love seeing dancing. Um, but I don't know if I'm like the like musicals person. And, 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 and I will say maybe even now with like the Lin-Manuel Miranda stuff, I am, that's not my thing at all. You're like, I am step up only. <laughs> in terms of modern dance genre it stops at step up yes i like musical dancing but i don't like musical singing maybe yes. that's what it is yeah. i can i can yeah i can see that for you like you love the dance you don't like all the emotion and the singing and the drama and, uh, yeah. yeah like uh it's not me but to each their own yeah, you know? and I think this is also like, this is a big part of what Danny's talking about in his email is that part of the issue for me is that people kind of make it seem like it's all or nothing. Like you like musicals or you don't. Even though there's like three musicals that you could love that could be great and right up your alley. You don't have to like all of them. Just like the ones you like. You like loving basketball, you might never watch another sports movie again and it's totally fine. No, I think Love and Basketball is an actual perfect example of that because it's just so unique mm. when it comes to the sports film because it's it's written from the women's perspective, which very rarely happens. And then, of course, it's a lot about people, the characters' interior lives, yeah. you know, versus my movie. Like, I've, I, when we did movies about sports, you know, like Fat City or whatever, it's that thing where it's like, that's a depressing sports film, sure. But... um it's 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 kind of a, a dark road and i don't know if that would be something that danny would like you know maybe yeah. it is about the just the kind of i don't know just it, you can't just go jump into like every sports movie maybe he has to do a piecemeal and that's totally yeah. fine i just love that it that i can see the steam coming out of your friend's ears like a cartoon when you told her you watched this movie because these two fucking ladies on this podcast <laughs> told you to watch it <laughs> i love we, that like can't even get into too. the joy of like yes you finally watch it it's like i'm so mad that you didn't listen to me i love that that's <laughs> that is a premium friendship i love best friendships like that it's great oh my god well danny thank you so much for writing everybody who who wrote to us Thank you so much for writing us. We truly enjoy doing these episodes. They're so much fun. We love hearing from you. And um, yeah, if, if you want to email us for any reason, but we really love uh, hearing specific stories from you guys. I love We love hearing about like movie uh, hit, like your sort of personal history with a film or your personal history working within some film job, like at a blockbuster, at a movie theater. What else, Danielle? Anything? Uh, like, we um, like hearing, just like Danny has said, like he t tell us about movies that you watched because of our podcast. Um, tell us your remodeling stories. Tell <laughs> us times your car burst into flames and you you had to save a video cassette. Um, we just love any any email that centers around your experience with film, and also yeah. send us questions that you have about films because you never know we might get one of our special guests to answer it. That's right. Uh, and you can do that always at I saw what you did pod at gmail.com. And you can find us on our social media at I saw pod on Instagram and Twitter. And as always, we got merch. I saw what you did merch that is in the exactly right shop at exactly right media.com.
And please listen, follow, and leave us a review on Amazon Music, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Stop right now and leave us a review. It truly helps us. Uh, The more that they know people are listening, the more that they'll try to get people to listen to us. And um, you can also listen to new episodes one week early on Amazon Music or early and ad-free, plus bonus episodes, our bonus episodes now live here, uh, by subscribing to Wondery Plus in the Wondery app. That's right. Well, Danielle, as always, a fucking pleasure to be with you. And uh, I love doing bonus. It's my favorite. Bonuts! I love the bonut. Give me that delicious bonut every time. This is always the best. So much fun. I love it. Thank you guys for writing in. And uh, please keep them coming. Yeah. See you next time. Bye. This has been an Exactly Right production. Produced and mixed by Casey O'Brien. Our theme song is by Tom Bryfogel. Artwork by Garrett Ross. Our executive producers are Georgia Hartstark, Karen Kilgariff, and Danielle Kramer. You can follow us on Instagram and Twitter at IsawPod, and you can email us at IsawWhatYouDidPod at Gmail. Listen, follow, and leave us a review on Amazon Music, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. And don't forget, you can listen to new episodes one week early on Amazon Music or early and ad-free plus bonus episodes by subscribing to Wondery Plus in the Wondery app. Follow I Saw What You Did on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you like to listen so you don't miss an episode. And if you like what you hear, rate and review the show. And visit exactlyrightstore.com to purchase I Saw What You Did merch.